0: My name is Pastor Jeremy. Along with my wife, we have the honor of pastoring probably the greatest church on like the planet, universe, in the city as well, and so we're so glad for that. Also, uh, we are fully online today. We've always had a studio version, so I just want to say, man, good morning to Nissa. She's home down the Fort. Lakeisha, uh, uh, Marion, Leanne, so good to see you on there. Uh, uh, Karen Miranda on there, Patricia on here as well, all those that are commenting, and the rest are just kind of incondito, all right? They're like watching us online, but man, if I comment, they'll know, they'll know. And so also, if you're here with us today, very first time with us today, can we just clap and welcome you again? Thank you. Thank you for being here. It means the world to us. And uh, as we obviously uh, in, are in a new season, but how many know it's a better season in Jesus' name? And look what the Lord has done. We're excited for all that God is going to do. Also, we have a, what, 15 or 16 uh, amazing college students from Trinity Bible College in Elladale, North Dakota. Say hi, guys, right? What's up? How you doing? Sure. You betcha. Ooftah. And so feel free, you can, uh, we're a loud church, all right? Because we, we could say, Amen, Pastor, right? Come on, white boy, let's go. Is he the youth pastor? No, he's the senior pastor. And so we're so excited you guys are here. They're doing ministry here in Vegas all week. And uh, man, I just, I'm just i thrilled because we have uh, uh, met a lot of friends and family that have gone through Trinity Bible College. And if you're interested, go ahead and speak to Garrett. He is here today as well. If you're seeking uh, a college degree or ministry, I mean, I know you guys have so much all across the board. And they're in a wonderful place called North Dakota. Come on, that's where home is. And that's where I grew up. And so also we are in a collection of talks entitled... Stories. If you guys have been enjoying our collection of talks for the entire month, and so it's been super fun. Also, brand new with us, go ahead and text me 702. 727 8280 I will get that text. Uh, and so make sure you text this. Also, you can text groups. You can text uh, growth track. You can text any keyword, and we'll get right back with you on that. But I will see your text message. We have a hassle-free guarantee. And I will not uh, harass you. I'll text you right back, and that'll be it, unless you engage. Come on, somebody. and uh, Or I'll just text you at midnight. Is that okay, Pastor Lindsay? No, we will not do that. No, I will not. I'm an extrovert, and I get excited. But go ahead, text me, 702-727-8280. And If you're brand new, I'm kidding. 702-727-8280. So we've been, this is our fourth week in our collection talks entitled stories. Entitled stories. And every week we have gone through a series of questions because every decision writes your story. Every decision writes your story. And so here's the three questions we've already done this week. Am I being honest with myself Really, because how many know you really have to talk yourself in, in a, into a good decision? Can I get an amen, right? But a bad decision, you're going, yeah, but he's cute. Or a bad decisions say, yeah, but it's worth it, you know? I had a hard week, give me the entire cake. Come on, somebody. And so am I really being honest with myself? That was week one. Week two was what story do I want to tell? What story do I want my life to tell? Because decisions are now, but the story is later. And so we make the decision now, it's changing the story that we're about to tell. And that was spark notes. How many love the spark notes of your life? Where they're like, yeah, he wears hearing aids and that's all there is to it. But No, there's more to my story. And so we make the decisions now and we tell the story later. So what story do I want to tell? And last week, come on somebody, we had a preacher in the house last week, Lorenzo. <laughs> my good, Lorenzo, where you at? I love this. He's already back at his desk on Monday, editing all these different things. He's back there making sure live stream's working. Give it up for our production team as well. Huge. And his message last week, if you didn't watch it, catch it on YouTube. But is there there a tension that deserves my attention? Is there a tension that deserves my attention? Why is this bothering me? What's that gut check I'm feeling on the inside. Now, there's a question for our fourth week in our collection of talks, but before I get to our question, I want to ask this question, and this is what I want to talk about today. How close can I get to sin without sinning? You ever never ask that question? You have to raise your hand. I caught gotcha. you. But how close to sin can I, how close can I get to sin without sinning? Sinny. Now we don't really ask this question in this context, right? We kind of say, like, how far is too far? Or you might say, like, where's the line? How, how 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 much can I get away with? And I understand the tension in this question, but we really don't. it like this here's kind of a better way of saying this because anytime you're about to make a bad decision or emotional decision or decision that feels good but you know it's wrong we don't say how close can i get to sin without sinning we ask this is there anything wrong with this right is there anything like you know it's wrong when you have the word wrong in the question right is this wrong instead of saying is this right is this wrong and so many times as a culture, and I've seen this, I've seen this where maybe you didn't grow up in church, and, and you, don't, you, know, you don't know everything the Bible says, and, and, and all of a sudden you, you give your life to Jesus, and now you're, okay, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, but sometimes what we know and what we're learning often blends. It often blends we're trying to differ, you know, is this black or right? Or is this gray? Is this, what, what area is this? And sometimes we ask, oh, well, pastor, if, if it's not wrong, then it must be all right. Or pastor, if it's not illegal, <laughs> I got I gotta go a long time on this one. All right, if it's not illegal, it's permissible. It's permissible. Did it get awkward in here? Okay. If it's not immoral, well, then it's acceptable. If it's not over the line, then it must be fine. If it's over the line, then it must be fine. And could I be real with you? This is difficult. This is challenging. Like, okay, the Bible, may, the Bible might say this, but out of context, or, or the Bible might say this, but you know, back in those times, but it's not for today. Now, understand the tension there is when we say, is there, is there anything wrong with this? But typically, when we ask this question, and we act on that decision, whether it was bad or terrible or not right, typically the second question, if we say, is there anything wrong with this? No. My mama said yes, and my friend said yes, but I don't think there's anything wrong with this. And we act out on that. Typically, the second question we ask is, how did I get myself into this? Can I get an amen, somebody? Help your pastor out here today. How did I get myself into this, and and where are the parents in the room? Give me a holler, parents, right? I know you barely got here, and your kids are half-dressed, right? I made it! But the reason why we're good parents is because once upon a time, we asked this question. How did I get myself into this? And then when you see your little ones doing what you did, you say, no, 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 no. Don't you dare. You know, when I was a uh, kid, I grew up in North Dakota in Fargo, and my parents had a lake cabin just outside of... uh, it's Maple Lake, and uh, outside of Grand Forks. And uh, I was about two or three years old. My parents were married at the time. And uh, they didn't. My parents didn't know I wore hearing aids, so I could barely hear. And because I couldn't hear, I couldn't really talk. And I was playing on the dock. And my mom goes, "Okay, Larry," to my dad. My mom goes, uh, "Larry, watch Jeremy. I'm gonna go inside and unpack the groceries. Watch him." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I got it. Yeah, he, you know, he's got this. It's just the second born, you know. I got it." And so she goes inside. All of a sudden, she's in the in the kitchen, and she hears screaming and splashing. And so she runs out, and she sees her precious. <laughs> deaf you know like oh and I couldn't talk and I, also I'm on the shore soaking wet coming out of the lake and my mom freaks out she runs down there are you okay and I'm coughing and I couldn't articulate anything and also she goes Larry you know dad they're no longer married dad you know, Larry and he goes what I told him to watch our kids goes, you told your friend to watch your kid and what happened was I walked off the dock and because I didn't have hearing aids I had bad equilibrium I just walked right out into the water Apparently I tried to swim and you know an angel grabbed me. Everybody, because I got to call God in my life. All right. Yeah. Well, stop, stop. <laughs> That's awesome. So now we're parents and we're in my in-laws' backyard and Levi's about two or three years old. He's fully clothed and he's running around the pool playing with the dogs. And we said, "No, Levi, don't run around the pool, Levi." Walk, crawl, don't even get near the water. And you, my little two-year-old minds like, you don't know what you're talking about. How many parents are in the room today, right? You don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I am so OG, you have no idea what I've been through. <laughs> and so sure enough, Levi, two or three years old, fully clothed, falls head first, head into the water. Awesome, Pastor Lindsey, she saw it first. She's much quicker than I am. And she jumps in the water. I follow her. I jump in the water. And can I just confess, midair, I go, mm, like, my son. You know what I mean? Like, I want to save him. And I, I'm in the air, midair. Something inside of me goes, you have hearing aids. They're not waterproof. Right? So I was like, and it's literally mid air. I'm going, do I save him or my hearing aids? These boys are expensive. This is my livelihood, you know? And so in midair, I go to the grandma to the curb, like, you got him. Okay, good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but listen to me, parents in the room. Because you at once asked this question how did I get myself into this? You've allowed this to disable your parenting. And because you don't do that, we don't set limits. And if we don't set limits, that we're just saying, go as far as you can. I feel too hypocritical, I I I don't feel right, because I did it, so therefore, you should do it. How many know that's a lie from the pit of hell? Because we say, no, 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 there's limitations. There's limitations. So we ask, how far to the line can I go? How far is too far? How close to sin can I get without actually sinning? But here's the issue. This goes for every single person in this room, whether it's your very first time in church in your entire life or you've been attending church your entire life. This applies to all of us. When nobody, nobody is doing anything wrong until they are. Because every single one of us, we're one step away. One decision away. One choice away from doing the wrong thing. So here's our question for today, is what is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? Because oftentimes our greatest regret is usually followed by unwise decisions. So if you've got your Bibles out with you today, get your Bibles out to Ephesians chapter 5. We are finally getting into the word. I promise. Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to be using the ESV version. Pastor, what's the best translation? The one you're reading. Can I get an amen? So Ephesians chapter 5, it says this, look carefully then. How you walk. Paul's talking to the church in Ephesus. Look look carefully how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. I want you to carefully walk with wisdom. Carefully walk with wisdom. So let's not be unwise, but be wise. Making, and I love this, making the best use of the time because the days really are evil. It's difficult. The days are evil. And I love how Paul says when you're you're wise, you make the best use of time. So I wrote this down in my notes. We lose time when we're unwise. We lose time when we're unwise. And I love in James chapter 5 verse 1, it says if we ask God for wisdom, he gives us wisdom. He doesn't hold back. If we pray for it, God says finally I'm going to give it to you. But I love in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And this was actually in Andy Stanley's book. This was actually found in a commentary as well. A theologian used this exact this exact. Example, I'm about to use that my Pastor Lindsay and I kind of have a joke. Like, if we take our son and we go play into a field that's just 20 acres of grass, that's, I mean, we don't have that here in Nevada, by the way. You know, it's like 20 acres of grass. My son will, well, he will find the one piece of doggy doo doo on 20 acres, he will find it and step in it what it feels like every single time, right? I mean, I've cleaned up so much doo-doo off shoes. One time I was hosing a doggy doo-doo off his shoe, and I was like, I, I, I couldn't get it out of the crevice. And I was like, he's gonna be in the house with this. He's gonna be in my car with this. I just threw the shoe away. am <laughs> i gonna mess with it. You know, when the pandemic hit, when the pandemic hit, we transitioned our offices to our home until we found Avenue headquarters that we have just right over here. Come on. Where we're doing small groups and filming and all these things. Avenue Youth is exploding on there on Thursday nights. It's amazing. And so we transition into our, our, our house. And uh, one particular day, Lorenzo comes in. He comes in he, you know, Monday, through, uh, Monday through Thursday. He's there at the home office. And, uh, and so he, he walks in. And when he walks in, he's kind of like, he tells me the story later. He walks in, he's kind of like, huh, it kind of stinks in here. So he's checking his, he goes, is it me? Like, did I, th- I showered, I showered today, right? I, sh- I put on deodorant today, and he's walking through our, right, through our, our main living room, dining room, living room, into our kitchen, and then he comes into my office, and he's like, ooh, it stinks in here, too. PJ must have did something, you know? And also, when he walks in, I, I smell him, I go, oh, Lorenzo, don't smell good today. <laughs> and of course, we're Christians, so we don't say anything, right? <laughs> oh, sure, you want to light a candle? Let's get like five or six candles. Let's go into there. We're both kind of like, there's this tension, right? I can't see your face, Pastor Lizzie, but like, there's this tension. And we're, we're kind of like, what is that smell? And we're trying to get work done. And, and his desk was near mine. And it was just like, that is, that is terrible. And finally, he's sitting on his chair. He goes, yeah, so um, this last weekend, and when he, when he crossed his leg, there was doo doodle on his foot. He was so embarrassed, had to clean it up, all these different things. So many times when we make, when we ignore the doo-doo, welcome to Avenue Church. I promise you, there's way more better pastors out there, okay? But you're going to remember this forever. When we ignore the doo-doo, we get into big doo-doo. What is he talking about? So many times when we make a bad decision, we know we made a bad decision. But instead of addressing that decision, we just deal with it. We just ignore it. Uh, Lorenzo last week talked about how we put a mute on the Holy Spirit and we say, nope, I'm going to do my decision. Sometimes when we ignore the doo-doo, we get ourselves into big doo-doo. And listen to me. And it's not because that you didn't know. It's because you ignored the still, small voice. And I love, you can clap for that. And I love Paul in Ephesians. He's not addressing, you didn't know. Paul's saying, you knew. You knew. Because the Holy Spirit, he's our counselor, our comforter. He's, a, he's our helper. He's the one that, that's that still small voice on the inside. When you say, I want to, but there's something on the inside of you that says, don't. Don't. But we, we push it down, and we end up getting ourselves into big doo-doo. Huh. <laughs> Make the wise choice before it's the only choice. Man, we got to make the wise choice before it's the only choice. Don't walk like the unwise, but be wise. But be wise. Man, the days are evil. Let's make the wise choice now before it's the only choice. Before a doctor looks at you and says, you need to change. Before there's an ultimatum from a spouse and say, if you don't do all these things, I'm out of here before even your, in your spiritual life, when you're, when you're in, the, in a moment of despair. You see, I don't want this to be my only choice. I want it to be the best choice for my life. So what story do I want my choices to tell? Do I want my choices to tell that I was wise? Or I want my choices to tell that I stepped in some doo-doo, that it was foolish? So what story do I want my choices to tell it was so interesting. We always find a Bible character to put into this collection of talks. And Jesus, in Luke chapter uh, 15, he begins to tell a story. And here's the story. He said, listen, everybody. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Dad, give me my share of the property that's coming to me. Now, I bet you that dad had an eternal conflict. But the dad said, sure. He divided his property between the two sons. Not many days later, the younger son gathered. All he had, he took a journey to a far country. There he squandered his property in reckless living. Isn't it interesting when we hear someone else's story, we're totally judging them, like, how dare he? What is wrong with him? Stimulus, ha! I'm going to charge it, I'm going to loan it, I can't afford it. How dare he live in reckless living? And so here it is in reckless living. And when he had spent everything... He spent everything. A severe famine arose in that country. And he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens in that country. You know what's interesting? Sometimes when we get ourselves in deep doo-doo, we stay in doo-doo. We stay with that unwise decision. He had everything he needed back at home. But I'm sure the tension was, I made an unwise decision. I made a bad decision. I cannot go back home. So I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make it my way. And so he went and hired himself out to the one of the citizens of the country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed because he was hungry. He was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. And there's the prodigal son say, what am I doing here? But I promise you, he never asked the question, what's the wise thing for me to do? And I want to be real with you today. Sometimes that's a hard question to ask. Because we say, what's the wise thing to do? That means we have to have a game plan If we ask, what's the wise thing for me to do? Then we have to like try to move all the chess pieces in this thing called life. But I want to challenge you today. If you can't ask the question, what's the wise thing for me to do? I want you to ask this question. What's the unwise thing for me to do? What's the unwise thing for me to do? What's the unwise thing for me to do? What's interesting, he says, but when he came to himself, he says, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough? More than enough food, more than enough bread. They have more than enough, but I perish here with hunger. What is the unwise thing for me to do? You know, many of our, uh, it's your first time here today. Pastor Lindsay, she has a, uh, a thing on her hand. And, um, uh, this is not in my notes. So honey, I love you. Can I come home today? And uh, she, uh, what, two weeks ago? Two and a half, right? Three, three, four, four. Are you healing that four, three, four, four? weeks, I'm deaf and blind. Four weeks ago. Uh, On a Saturday night, long story short, we were playing hide-and-seek, and and she got into our closet, climbed up. She was six feet high, falls down. Her entire, went this way, her entire hand and wrist touched her uh, forearm. She's in pain. I'm going, ah, it wasn't funny then. It kind of is funny now. And we went to the ER, and the ER doctor goes, what happened? I was like, nothing, nothing, you know. And she goes, we're playing hide-and-seek. Well, she had a follow-up appointment this last week. The cast came off, the pink cast came off. Now she has the bandage wrap that has to keep her her tear, your, uh, her tendons are torn. So be praying that heals up, all right, so she can go back to boxing and you know, no, so that heals up, so she has full mobility in her hand. Well, she went back. The uh, the nurse walked into the room and she goes, she goes, you know, this week someone came in, their hand broke because a donkey kicked it. But she goes, but that don't top your story, honey. Pastor <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay should ask, what's the unwise thing for me to do? Because listen to me, I want to emphasize me. I want to emphasize me. Some of you are like, you ain't going home today. Can I stay at your place? What's the unwise? <laughs> that was unwise. Jeremy! <laughs> what's the unwise thing for me to do? Listen to me, church. You know you better than anybody else. You know you better than anybody else. And the problem is, what might be a pastime for others might be a pathway for you. It might be a gateway for you. Because your story is different than their story. And you got to know what's the unwise thing for me to do. You might be able to handle it, but I might not be able to handle it. You might be able to handle being on social media, but I cannot handle being on social media. You might be okay in a bar, but I cannot be in a bar. You might be okay and fill in the blank, but I cannot be because I know me. What might be a pastime for others might be a pathway for me. So what's the unwise thing for me to do? You can clap on that one, come on somebody. And you know what this is? This is wisdom. This is wisdom. It's number one, what's the unwise thing for me to do? But number two, what is wise instead of right? I'm about to preach the mess off of this, alright? Because sometimes we'll settle for right instead of wise. It's right! Well, I know it's right, but is it wise? It's okay! I know it's okay, but is it wise? Can we make the wise choice? Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he said, guys, all things are lawful for me but not all things are helpful. It might be okay, but it's not helpful. It might be right, but it's not wisdom. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So it may be right, but is it wise? Pastor, I just got off a, 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 you know, I just got out of a dating relationship. They were horrible, but I found somebody else within a day or two. It might be right, but is it wise? I just got out of an ugly divorce, but I found somebody already. It's only been a few months, weeks, not even a year. Hey, you got a divorce, so it might be right, but is it unwise? The wise decision is take a year and just love Jesus. Serve in the local church. Get involved in our small groups. Pastor Jeremy, I, I, you know, I'm a, I, I found somebody. I've never dated before. Maybe I dated other people before, but, man, I found somebody, but they're not a Christian, but, man, they look good. Come on, somebody taste and see. The Lord is good. So you're unequally yoked. It might be right, but is it wise? And you, as a pastor, we never want to control. We never want to tell you what to do. We always want to compliment. We always want to get pastoral advice. But sometimes if you're going, is this right? Is this wise? Is this unwise? Is this wise? Why are all the questions here? You got like 20 questions, Pastor Jeremy. What do I do? Sometimes the wisest thing to do is to pause and to postpone. Pause and to postpone. Man, we went to a church in, uh, in Dallas last year before uh, pandemic. And I was in a meeting, and this pastor, he's leading, he's got four or five campuses all over Dallas, Texas, and he brought us into his staff meeting. And they asked, her, they asked him a tough question. I'm going, ooh, that's tough. And as a lead pastor, I'm watching this guy who you know, started his church from scratch 20 years ago. and Now it's multi-site, it's huge, and all that. Look what the Lord has done, right? And they asked him a hard question. He goes, um, let's just table that for next week. And I was like, answer the question, man by going to realize he did the wise thing to do. He paused and he postponed. It is okay to postpone a decision. Because you're saying it's not because it's the right thing to do, but it's the wise thing to do. It's the wise thing to do. So what is unwise for me to do? What is wise instead of right? But also, I want to ask this question. This ties in our story series. Is what am I currently doing, is what I'm currently doing going to get me to where I need to go? To where I need to go. In week one, we learned about the tension between our wisdom and our, our feelings, our emotions. I want to do it now because it feels good. But here's what Proverbs says. And I love this. Proverbs 29, 18. When there is no prophetic vision, when we can't see ahead, people cast off restraint. And when we don't have vision for our lives, we don't know how to act for today. When we can't see the future, then I don't know what I need to do today. You know, you say, Pastor, I want a godly marriage, then we have to have godly relationships. Pastor, I want to be a preacher and teacher and all that. Well, then lead a small group now. Get involved Today is Team Sunday, and so all through the hallway, in our lobby, we have QR codes. Normally we have clipboards and all that fun stuff, but we're maintaining social distancing, and I want you to take your phone out, you turn on the camera, and go to any one of our signs that says Team Sunday, and man, we would love for you to get involved on one day, one day. If you say, I don't want to serve, but I'll serve one day, that's going to be on Easter Sunday, and we have selected areas you can serve. Give a clap for that, all right? Man, we'd be, we would love for you to serve. Because when there is vision, you have discipline. When there is vision, I got purpose. There's vision for my life. I love that when the pandemic hit last year, our church didn't fall apart, because we have vision. We're still gonna have people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make an eternal difference. We know what to do, because we can see ahead. We have vision for our life. But being unwise is the gateway regret. Being unwise is the gateway to regret. Well, here's the prodigal son. But when he came to himself, and many of us, I'm going to say this, all of us in this room, we have made many unwise decisions. You are not alone. I probably beat you all on the unwise decisions I've made in my life. But he said when he came to himself, when he had revelation, when he had some vision. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough, but I perish here with hunger? Verse 20, then he arose and he came to his father. And this is hard for many of us, and many of you know this story, and it's still powerful. I've heard this story 20, 30 years, but while he was still a long way off, his father didn't say, there he is. I told you so. He had a father that, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, and he ran to him. Back in the in the New Testament, two thousand years ago, fathers didn't run, but this one did, and so he ran. And he ran, and he embraced him, and he kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate for my son who was Dead is alive again. He was lost, but now he is found. How many know Jesus doesn't say you made a bad decision? Jesus said you're dead, now you're alive. You're dead, now you're alive. He had some vision for his life. So I got some homework here today before I start kicking over speakers. Come on, somebody. But here's our homework for you today. I want you to set three high level goals for your life. I want you to set three high level goals. For your life. Man, it's a relationship. Man, it's a whatever it is, financial. Man, it's a call of God in my life. Man, it's this or it's that. But I want you to set three high level goals. I'm not saying wake up early. I'm talking high level goals. And here's what's hard. For many, there's there's a lot of things in our world or in our life that we're gonna have to say no to. And that's hard. I want to encourage you. It's no for now, but not forever. It's no for now, but not forever. It's no for now, but not forever. You have God called us on purpose and for a purpose. Everyone ends up somewhere in life, so let's end up somewhere on purpose. Let's end up somewhere on purpose. And man, this is even a tension in my Monday uh, leadership group that we have uh, Monday at noon, noon to 1 p.m. at Avenue Headquarters. We're talking leadership, and it's been a fun group. I see some, a lot of my group here today, and that we're even talking about the tension between like, like, like trusting the Lord but knowing what to do, right? But that's why James chapter 5, verse 1, if you ask God for wisdom, he'll give it to you. Wisdom's free like salvation. Come off Somebody. But we say, God, give me wisdom. Here's what I love in Luke 15. Prodigal son came home. Dad's thrilled. Half the possessions are gone. And this is what takes place. Now, his older son was in the field. As he came and he drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. He called to one of the servants and he asked what these things meant. He said, your brothers Come. Your father's killed the fattened calf, the best calf, the one we're gonna use for Christmas or a major occasion, because he received him back safe and sound. And church, can I just tell you today, this brother here was the wise one. He was the smart one. He's the one that stuck around. He's the one that probably had to pick up the slack for his younger brother who left took half of everything, but he was angry and he refused to go in. His father came out and treated him, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. I've never disobeyed your command. But when this son of yours came, he would say my brother. He said, when this, when your son, when this son of yours, he devoured our property with prostitutes. You killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you were always with me and all that is mine is yours. But it was fitting to celebrate and to be glad for your brother was dead. He is now alive, for he was lost, for he is now found. Y'all, I not only ask you today, like, what's the wise decision to make? I want to ask you today, which of the three are you Maybe you're here today and you're like, I'm the prodigal son. I'm the one who's unwise. I'm the one who had no rules or boundaries. I'm the one that just lived based upon my emotions. I made so many unwise decisions, Pastor. I'm so ashamed of my story. I feel like today I'm in the pig pen looking at pig slop. And I don't know where else to go from here. Or maybe you're the father today. Or maybe you need to be more like the father there's people in your life, you said, I knew that if I gave them a chance, I knew they'd ruin it. I told you so. You've had a lot of bitterness and resentment in your heart that maybe you need to be like the Father to say, I forgive those in my life that have hurt me because of their decisions. There's people in my life I need to forgive because the decisions they've made have hurt me. Maybe you're like the older brother. The older brother who said, I did, I've done everything right. What about me? Why does he get the celebration? Why does he get the blessing? Why does he get to have all the fun? We're gonna ask you today, which of the three are you? Because what's so interesting is Jesus is one telling the story. And the reason why is Jesus' story because he says it's a reflection of our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father will bless the one who stays. He'll bless the one who returns. The Heavenly Father doesn't say you made bad decisions and you were bad or you were unwise. He said, man, you were just just dead and now I made you alive. Man, you were just lost, but now you are found. And the next verse said, and let us celebrate. You know, somebody in this room today, maybe you feel like you're lost and you want to be found. And maybe here today, when you raise a hand and you pray a prayer, you're going from death into life. You're going from being lost. I don't know what to do. I have no vision for my life. I have no purpose, no no hope in my life. Into hope, into purpose, into a calling of God of your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed, I would love to pray with you today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. God, I thank you for this great church. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that we're going to be careful how we walk, not as unwise but as wise. We're going to make the best use of our time. Man, these days are evil. These days are difficult. These days are tough. But Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, whether we feel like we're the older brother in this room, or we're the father. We need to forgive people. We need to embrace them and love them exactly where they are so they can go from death into eternal life. Maybe you're here today and you feel like I have no wisdom. I'm making mistakes after mistakes. Father, I'm so grateful. James chapter 5, verse 1. says, so if we ask God for wisdom, you'll give it to us. So Holy Spirit, I ask you, For wisdom. Holy Spirit, we ask you for wisdom today. Wisdom to live out every single moment in our life. With every headbutt, if eye closed, if you're here today, and you say, Pastor, I feel like I'm in the pig pen. I feel like I'm just in the dirt, the grime. I feel so lost. I feel so alone. I walked into this building today as a Hail Mary. To say, if I don't feel love, if I don't feel hope, if I don't feel purpose. I want to encourage you today, man. I would love to pray a prayer with you. And that prayer is to take a step towards Jesus. And hear me out. When you take a step, the Father's going to run. The Father's going to embrace you. The Father's going to wrap you with clothes. He's going to give you uh, shoes and a ring that symbolizes royalty. Because he says you are now alive. You're no longer dead. You are now found. You're no longer lost. In Jesus' mighty name. With every head out of eye closed, we all pray this prayer together. Because how many know an avenue? We don't pray alone. So everyone in this room, say, Dear Jesus, lift your voice and say, Thank you for dying on the cross. Say, Thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I give you my life. I repent of my sins. Say, The best way to you know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, Jesus, I ask you for wisdom. To live each day. Because I now know who I am. Come on, church. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Everybody give God a shout today, give him a clap today.